Welcome to the Candid Comms podcast. If you're looking for practical and inspirational ideas to help you thrive in internal communication, you're in the right place. I'm your host, international communication consultant, trainer and mentor, Rachel Miller. Through this podcast, I'll share my experience with you so you can increase your skills, knowledge and confidence on all things internal communication related. Welcome to the show. On this week's episode, I have an incredibly special guest to share with you. It's the producer of the Candid Cars podcast, Debbie West. Debbie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I don't think I've ever been called incredibly special guest. So well, you are. Well, if it wasn't for you, the show wouldn't go out. So you are incredibly special. Wow. I thought it would be good to share a behind the scenes look at the Candid Cars podcast and what goes into making a podcast and how it comes to appear on podcast players every Sunday. Yeah. So that's the intention behind <laughs> behind the episode this week to close season one. Can you believe we've closed in season one? I honestly can't. It like it feels like yesterday we were talking about it conceptually and now we're we're about to push the button on episode fifteen and this is episode sixteen. Yeah. Can you believe all those weeks have gone by? No, I can't. And we've gone through lockdown, we've gone through all sorts, haven't we? So in today's show, we're going to be lifting the lid on podcasting, what it is, how it works, how I found it, how you've found it. And as you can expect, it will be a candid conversation. So we'll be very honest. Absolutely. (laughs) I have asked you so many questions about podcasting and I have got stuck and broken things so many times and I have a feeling we'll probably talk about those things today yeah I think we should because that is the candid part of it right because you know it's lovely to see the produced episode and see the beautiful photography and the gloss and that's amazing and it looks and and sounds fantastic but it's all the hard work that goes into it that really counts isn't it so Mm. I think that's what's important to talk about sure so do you want to steer our conversation today yeah can I yeah because I'm really intrigued why you've retaken up podcasting because I know you used to be a keen podcaster a long time ago mm-hmm. and then you appear on nearly everybody's podcast in, in <laughs> internal communications but you didn't have your own and I remember asking you on my podcast why you weren't podcasting and whether it's something you would take up. I did have a podcast I had the all things I see podcast and it was under the godfathers of podcasting Shell Holtz and Neville Hobson it was mm-hmm. under the FIR for immediate release podcast network and this is back in I think it's 2014 I think I'm not exactly sure 2013 2014 because it was before I had my boys and I had my twins in 2014 and I really enjoyed it I enjoyed Mm. all the things that I love about internal comms meeting people interviewing finding out their stories and I used to record that podcast every week and then I had my babies and I thought my house is never going to be quiet again (laughs) and it was spot on So in the back of my mind, it's something that I did really enjoy. I found it quite complicated the way that I used to do it before because I didn't have a you. I didn't. didn't Honestly, it was so tricky. And my poor husband, John, we used to upload the RSS feed to Libsyn and it was all this really technical stuff that I didn't know how to do. And I relied on him helping me get the show out. And I decided to pause and then, yeah, then have my babies. And I love appearing on podcasts I love sharing stories about internal comms mm. and I mm. enjoy being interviewed and speaking and it was in the back of my mind 
And whenever I've been asked over the last six or seven years, my answer has always been, even in a blog post I wrote actually in October 2020, where I collated all of the PR and comms podcasts, and I said, I've been asked whether I'm going to relaunch my podcast, mm. never say never. Mm. And I actually updated that in 2021. I went back into that blog post and I said, well, I did say never say never. <laughs> <laughs> I did then go on to relaunch it. I think the reason why I relaunched it was mainly really from our conversations when mm. you challenged me to say, why aren't you doing your own podcast? Because you are appearing on other people's. And I was nervous. I was nervous to do it. I think I wondered how it would fit in with everything else that I'm doing. And I think the techie side was, I had the, mm. I had the hangover of the concerns from before about it is complicated to do it but the world has moved on in those six or seven years and technology has moved on in those six or seven years and I remember talking to you and saying so I've been reflecting Debbie and I think I think I'm gonna do it and you said do you remember what you said to me no you tell me what did I say you said I've been waiting for you to say that Rachel yeah yeah, no, I definitely was. I definitely was. I remember, I mean, it was probably two, three years ago when you came on Be A Bigger Fish. And I remember thinking at the time, this is just such a good channel for you because you are a natural storyteller and you your empathy is completely genuine. And I think that translates so well in audio. So I'm delighted that you've taken up podcasting again because I think it's perfect for you. Thank you. Um, yeah, and and you know, really, really proud of of being involved in the in the series. I think it's been amazing, amazing podcast series. So, you know, congratulations on it. Thank um, you. Yeah. It, it wouldn't have happened without you holding my hand. I think. Let's think about the techie side because it was super complicated before when I when I was doing it a good mm. a good few years back. And should we share what we do? Would that be helpful? Do you think? I think so. Yeah. Well, the whole end to end of how mm-hmm. we make a podcast. That's a really good idea. Yeah, okay. Should I share all the mistakes that I've made? Oh, definitely. <laughs> they're the most interesting part. That's what keeps us going. <laughs> so just for context, I relaunched my podcast in January 2021. We were in lockdown here in the UK. And as we're recording this in May 2021, the lockdown is lifting. It's on the horizon, but it's not there yet. So we are still in, in lockdown. But when we started, children weren't at school and I have an eight-year-old daughter and six-year-old twin sons. I've never spoken about actually on this podcast, not for any intentional purpose Mm. to not talk about them, but it's not a podcast about me being a mum. So my house was even noisier. If I thought it was going to be noisy when I had a toddler, (laughs) before my babies were born, before the twins were born, oh my goodness me, my household in January 2021 was incredibly noisy to the point where there wasn't a quiet space to record. Mm. So I came up with the idea... (laughs) of recording in my car and I remember being really excited about this and saying to Debbie I found a space that's quiet like where I said in my car sitting on the driveway so I fashioned (laughs) I fashioned a sound booth out of baby seats out of all their car seats which was pretty effective to start with actually let's be really honest and be really candid to start with I set up a studio in the boot yeah because I've got a big car because I've got three three young children and I set up the studio and and I had a sound shield and I had a microphone and I had the pop shield and I was just about to close the boot and I realised, so the trunk if you're based outside the UK, I realised that once I shut that door, I wouldn't be able to get out. I remember that. (laughs) Do you remember? Yeah. (laughs) I remember messaging you going, I've just saved myself. (laughs) 
friendly I'm looking at myself, myself in the boot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then I then I relocated um, to the back seats where all the baby seats were, and then shut the door. But what I'd failed to realise was that the child lock was on. So I still, I mean, listener, it's it's a very glamorous, you know. It is glam, it's all glam. Seam, seamless recording. Uh, so I'd locked myself in my car where I couldn't get out. So I had to very ungraciously crawl through to the driver's seat and release myself from the car. And I recorded two episodes successfully in the car. Yeah. I think it was episode one and two. And then... I tried to record episode three and something happened Debbie between the house of my car with the microphone. Oh yes, oh I remember this so well. <laughs> yes it did. Something got accidentally tweaked it did. on the journey. And we don't know what it was. We think it was the, there's a, there's lots of buttons on this. I yeah. use a Blue Yeti microphone and I don't know how to use it properly. Debbie's just adjusted it because we're recording for the first time in person. Yeah. For the first time in, in 16 episodes and something got knocked and... What's the word you use to describe it when it goes really high? It's hot. It's called hot. When it when it's effectively when you record too loud, you say it's too hot. And yeah, it was a very hot recording. It was two <laughs> episodes, wasn't it? I remember being really proud of myself yeah. that I'd locked myself well not that I'd locked myself in the car, that I was in the car and I'd recorded two episodes. Because we try and batch content. So we try and get ahead of ourselves. I mean, there was one week where I lost my voice, so we were really grateful yeah, that I already that's had right. an episode in the can, as you call it. In the can, yeah. It's good. But I'd knocked the microphone somehow and therefore we had two episodes that had been recorded but they were really, the audio was really not ideal, <laughs> very steaming hot. <laughs> so bless yeah. you, you managed to salvage it and and I didn't have to re-record the episodes. I really was really grateful for. But in between recording, it started to rain and I remember, <laughs> I remember messaging you going, oh, I've managed to record one. But because I was in a car, I was essentially in a metal box sat on my driveway yeah. and the rain was lashing down on the roof and it sounded, you could hear it. It sounded like I was trapped in a metal box that was being rained on. So we had to try it again for, for another day. But I mean, you learn, right? You... Absolutely. And you can't always control the sound environment. Like, right. Should we keep that one in? Sorry. We're currently recording in the All Things I See Hub, which is my office in West London. And... There are quite a few, as you would expect in urban London, there are quite a few police sirens. And Debbie and I were joking this morning that you've got so many clips of me going, oh, police siren, when I come here to record. I've got a folder full, a folder full of apology <laughs> clips. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. But there's so much noise. And we, you know, we sat down to record just now and then we had to pause while the local brewery unloaded all of their all kegs. Their, and, yeah, yeah, all the kegs, all the metal kegs have been clanging outside. So I think you have to adapt, right? This is this is the beauty of working as internal communicators because we're used to adapting and we're used totally. to figuring stuff out as we go. I've learned so much in the past few months about oh, just how to record a podcast and what to do. And I remember it felt huge before I started. I had to think about content and think about how to structure it. Should we talk about that? So I remember we had a conversation and, and you came up with a, a comment which felt off the cuff, but I don't know if it was, where you said, we need to think about, you know, what, what you want people to take away. It's probably something to yeah. know, something to do, something to think about. And I remember saying, you're a genius. That's perfect. That oh. is. <laughs> oh, I wish you could see Debbie's <laughs> so reaction to That was so you're nice. So <laughs> but yeah. that structure resonates with listeners because 
Yes. Only this week I had a comment from Fajita Hearn who messaged on Instagram to say that she really enjoys the episodes because she always leaves something to do, something to think about and, and something to know. And I thought that was really nice. And so I guess there are lots of little things that go into that. So obviously there's the magic of three and it's got that comfy feeling that they're just three things that they can take away. But also it's really helpful, particularly with audio, because you may not be able to sit down and write notes with audio. You may have to try and carry those ideas in your brain, mm. which we're not used to doing anymore. So actually remembering something and keeping it top of, of mind is a bit of a challenge for us now because we're used to writing everything down or taking a picture of it on our phone. Or, but just having those three really easy hooks makes makes it easy for people to remember those going forwards because they know every time they listen to your podcast they're listening out for those three hooks so what are they going to know and what, what are they going to be able to do and, and what can they think about it's, it's a really helpful way for people to access the content and then remember the content so they can use it and I know it's super important to you that the content's really practical so you mm, know it's definitely. it's something that people can actually build into their professional practice which is brilliant that's that's a, a, a brilliant effect for a podcast to have on somebody that it's something they can actually use so yeah so that's that's why those three hooks are in there yeah. I think while I'm recording that's helpful as well because you're right I think I don't have loads of notes in front of me because I, yeah. I I fidget all the time as you know <laughs> I'm always wiggling around in my chair or clicking my pen which is really unhelpful for doing so I I normally have a post-it note in front of me with those three headings I find having having those three points on a post-it note is incredibly helpful because mm. it keeps it keeps the structure and it keeps the content flowing at a pace and it 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 provides structure to quite abstract topics for, for example a recent episode I recorded on values mm. there are so many avenues you can explore so I find it keeps the episode's short because you know I could talk about these topics for hours <laughs> very passionate about them well and it's even worse when we get together right because <laughs> we've had yeah. a conversation for two hours leading up to this yeah <laughs> it's true I think I think it's finding a finding a convention that works in terms of how do we keep to time and how do we keep focused and how do we keep structured and I think so the majority of the, the podcast is solo shows and then every five episodes, and we never really said it would be every five, but it was in our planning process, yeah. is an interview episode. Yeah. And very intentionally with season one, I've chosen in-house internal communicators to share their stories and, and to be candid. And I've really enjoyed those conversations. Yeah, they're super. It's lovely to hear you in conversation and it's lovely to hear those people as well and, and what they bring with them, you know, and their unique perspective and their experience. And I really love interview interview podcasts. But the solo episodes are so powerful too because obviously you can keep on track yourself with what you want to get from those episodes and what you want to share. So mm. I, I love that balance, four solo episodes and then a guest conversation to sort of tuck into and I that feels like the right sort of pulse nice to be honest yeah also in between those interview podcasts it gives us time to arrange those properly and to give them proper consideration and think Mm. about what you'd like to cover in those conversations because likewise you know the conversation could go anywhere but we've given ourselves that that time to talk to the guest and and to really think thoroughly about what we'd like to have a conversation about yeah Um, shall we share how we do that so Mm. particularly what thinking about your role as a producer I've never had a producer before and that feels very grown up and exciting so do you maybe want to share what your role is and and 
what that means for Candid Comms. Yes, definitely. So I think I, I perform the role of both editor and producer for, for Candid Comms. In the role of pr- producer, that really is around organising all the wraparound. So it's not necessarily just what happens in the soundtrack, but it's how do you source guests? How do you have that conversation with the guests to make them feel welcomed to the podcast and so that they can contribute really well? And then how do we do things like structure the season, structure each episode? And so it's all of that you know, all of the wraparound around the actual content of a podcast that a producer can can help you to take take care of, basically. And those things are, you know, those are the things that if you're not experienced and you don't expect to have to deal with them, they can trip you up if you just set off and press record and then wonder how you achieve all of these different elements that go into actually creating a, a successful series. So I remember reading recently that most podcasts only last for three or four episodes. So there's lots of podcasts out there, but most only say the course for three or four episodes and I wonder whether it's because they don't have somebody doing exactly what you're doing I, I the role that you play is really critical to particularly when we work with guests as well it's really nice the pre-call that you have with people to set questions with them and understand any fears they may have and then we when we do the recording so normally for solo episodes I record myself and I record into a microphone into my phone or into my laptop and then I send you the files but when we do a guest episode you host that recording for us and we do that via zoom and Mm -hmm. the three of us are on that call and then you're silent in in the background so we have a good chat the three of us to start with and then you drop off the call it looks like but you're there very much guiding us sort of in in the background I I like that I feel like that works really well because I can see because it's a video call I can see the guest and and I like that I can't sometimes forget that we're we're being recorded (laughs) it just feels like we're having a conversation and I love it yeah and that's the aim really it is meant to be and it is candid comms right so it's meant to be just a real conversation that we happen to capture but it's a smart conversation, so it's mm. not just a, a random conversation. We've thought about what would be the most appropriate things to talk about, appropriate for the guest to share, but also appropriate for the listener to then want to listen to and to learn from. So it's just, it's like, it is like an intelligent, real conversation. And we oh, like that. We have that as a strap line. Yeah. <laughs> an intelligent, real conversation. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. And we're in planning mode now for season two as yes. well, which I'm really excited about. And we've got some great guests lined up which I'm really looking forward to having conversations with and we're not not going to share any hints we'll we'll keep all that under wraps for season two yeah from my perspective thinking about candid comms I remember when you and I were thinking about naming the podcast mm-hmm. that was really tricky I found it really difficult to name and I think we had I had a long list on my phone I think we got to 54 names at one point. There were a lot of names. It was, it yeah. was hard, wasn't it? I think the intention behind it was really clear to me, but I didn't know how to name it. Yeah, I, I totally feel your pain because I am trying to name a podcast myself right yeah. now. And it, you, yeah, it's much easier, I think, to help somebody else with that sometimes mm. because there's so much that you want to say and you want to encapsulate all of that in the name of your podcast, which is sort of humanly impossible. But yeah, but you had a very unique approach to naming your podcast in the end. Didn't Was you? that unique? I would say so, yeah. yeah. So, so oh yeah, we had so many, didn't we? we so did. we, we kind of whittled it down to a short list. And then I tested it and I asked people and I asked clients and people who've worked with me who know me very well and said, because you know me and you know how I work and you know what's important to me, does this feel like me? Does this feel like something you would expect 
me to do and you'd expect me to be aligned with and I shared the short list of about four or five with the lovely Chloe Maple mm-hmm. who is a client of mine and she came back to me and she said any of these would work but what I feel like, like you're known for is candid comms mm-hmm. and I remember looking at that and just seeing that sentence and just going that's it that's what we're trying to achieve and I remember feeling really quite emotional when I read that and you know just the word candid you know in a word encapsulates everything that I'm about and and trying to you know bust myths on internal comms and be really open and be very transparent about no one's got this sorted we are all figuring it out and when I've just read that word it it gave me goosebumps you know what I'm like I'm such an emotional reactive person I think I've said on the podcast multiple times this season oh that's given me goosebumps because I do react physically to things like that. And when I saw that word, I remember messaging you and going, we've got it. It was that moment when you think that is absolutely perfect. And I think I've noticed you use that word more in your speech and in your writing. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, But it's like that cognitive bias, isn't it? Once you see the word and you (laughs) realise how important it is, you then see the word everywhere. Yeah, that's true. no, I think it's a brilliant title. And and it really does convey the spirit of the podcast because it really is candid. Like you you definitely share candidly exactly what you would do in the situations you're talking about, which is why it's so powerful. You don't hold anything back. You tell people exactly what you would do. And and those conversations we've had with guests, they have been genuinely candid. And and that's amazing. It's it's great to capture that. That's I feel like they go deeper. I feel like mm. it gives me the permission to say I think it was with Matt, with Matt Batten in Mm. episode five, when we were having a conversation and I said, come on, Matt, this is candid. And it enabled me to go deeper with him and and say, what was that really like? And then he said, oh, okay, because we're being (laughs) candid. And it was really beautiful. He reacted so lovely to it. But I think it almost gives me a mechanism to create the conditions where we know what to expect. We are going to be candid. We're not going to have conversations where everything's shiny and perfect and brilliant because it wouldn't be called candid comms it would be called something else you know working authentically and honestly and and lifting the lid on the reality of how hard internal communicators work and how hard and challenging our work can be can be equally rewarding and and amazing but also it's tough it is, and, and it is one of those roles, internal communications, as, as we know from the, the popularity of you know blogs about people who come along and tell you to comms it up and work your magic and all of that. It's like, oh, we know from the inside how much effort goes into something to make it look effortless. Yeah. It's more effort to make something look easy than it is to make something clunky, right? And, so true. And that's, I think that's why the internal comms community is so strong in itself, is because we recognise in each other the effort that we all individually make in our different contexts. And that's great. I love that about this community. I think there's quite an openness in terms of talking about mistakes and failure as well, which yeah. is why I love the internal miscommunications podcast yes. with Keith Riley yeah, and Erica Goodwin, because that's just that's personified you know that that openness to say everybody is mucking up and we're going to talk about it and what can we learn from that which I just love as a gorgeous format I love that yeah yeah it's brilliant and and talking about work and the effort that goes into it would you describe making the podcast as a lot of work and a lot of effort because I know podcasters suffer the same injustice as internal communicators that people think podcasts (laughs) Happen by magic. Does it feel like a lot of effort, Rachel? Or is it something you really enjoy? I do really enjoy it. It is a lot of effort, but it's enjoyable effort, if that Mm. makes sense. So Mm. I take it very seriously. 
when you work in internal communication, you are so visible and everything you do and everything you write and you say is very visible. And when you choose to record a podcast, you are putting yourself out there to be quite visible and be quite vulnerable. Mm. And it deserves the time, money and effort that you invest in it, I think. I think it's important to, if I want to do something, I want to do a good job. Yeah. So it is, it's enjoyable work. You make it a lot easier. Oh, because you do because I think if it was left down to me and I'd recorded all those episodes really hot and then I called them in and then looked at them on the screen and realized they were wrong I would just have to record them all over again and I wouldn't know what I was doing and I would be doing best guess which is what I did when I did my podcast my original podcast it was very much it took me a very very long time because I didn't really know what I was doing mm. and I was winging it as as we all are I think in, in most in most of the work that we do but I didn't want to wing this I wanted to do it properly because it felt important to me to to ask for help and to ask the expert for help this is what you do and that beautiful combination you have which is why I love working together where you have a learning and development background you have all of your audio skills and expertise and you have your online course expertise we work together a lot and the work I, I feel like I can now invest time in thinking about the structure of the episodes and the content and I know that the hard work and the lifting and shifting of the you know the audio files and everything else that you do so the producing the you know the headline clip so with every episode we have like a video clip where there's a voiceover and there's words that go on to that you do so that shared load makes it not feel like a huge lot of work for me it fits in we've got into the stride now you know 16 episodes in we yeah. fits around what we do and it yeah. fits around the other work and commitments that I have for all things I see as clients so I wouldn't change it I'm, I'm really happy with how that relationship works because it is that shared responsibility yeah and I, I love the way that it works together and we we do exchange ideas over everything that we create and we all of the time and we have that running dialogue about how to tweak it and improve it and how to direct it so it really achieves what, what you want it to achieve I love that I love the way that we do that together you mentioned earlier about the number of podcast series that start and then don't go anywhere and it's a phenomenon called pod fade um, is that a whole it thing? Is, yeah, it's a whole oh. thing, Pod Fade. So I think it's as much as maybe 70% of podcast series that suffer from Pod Fade, where wow. you know, somebody will publish. It's usually about six or seven episodes. So most people start a podcast with this great idea and they're burning to tell the world about this idea. And then after six episodes, they've done that. And then they realise how much hard work it is. And then maybe something's fallen over and they didn't know how to fix it. And, and then it gets a bit like involved and then they stop doing it. Because <laughs> like, it's not as wow. easy as it looks. It's not as easy as it looks. So to actually get past the pod fade stage and keep publishing, that in itself puts, sort of puts you in the top 30%. Wow. Um, yeah, I'll, so that's really I'll, impressive, I'll that. right? Shall we, yeah. shall we talk about the... Because the original plan was to publish on a Monday. This was the plan. Yes. <laughs> and that felt like that felt like a, an achievable goal yeah. to publish weekly and publish on a Monday. And then we did that for the first couple of episodes. And then I found to publish on a Monday meant lining it up to go live at midnight on a Sunday night. And I would get to about 11 o'clock on a Sunday night and be really tired and think, I didn't want to automate it. And yeah. I wanted to see it go live and then it gets pulled through to you know apple and spotify and all the different podcasting platforms and then i decided to 
think about releasing it early. And I was looking at feedback from listeners about where they listen to the episodes and people started to say, oh, I, I save them up or, you know, I save, it comes out on a Monday and I save it for the weekend and I listen to it on a Sunday. Or I listen to it while I'm walking my dog or I listen to it while I'm having a run. And then we made the decision pretty early on. I think it was like episode four, from episode four onwards of season one, we then released on a Sunday. So it goes live on a Sunday morning. So now I'm up at midnight on a Saturday night, which is fine. Because <laughs> it's Saturday night. <laughs> and I, I line it up to go live. So it hits at one minute past midnight. So very early Sunday morning. And that seems to have really resonated with listeners. And I'm I'm really proud of that because... I know that I'm accompanying people making their Sunday lunch. I know that I'm out with you where you're pushing young babies in prams on a Sunday while you're having a run. At least three or four listeners now listen to it in the bath. Mm-hmm. So hello to you if you're <laughs> listening to us in the bath. And I like that because what what's happened over the, the cadence, the rhythm of, of the, the podcast over the last 12 weeks, particularly from episode four onwards, has been people have fitted it into their weekend routines and I'm, I don't know what the industry thinking is about the best day to release a podcast, but it's probably not a Sunday, is it? Well, I think the most popular day for podcast episodes to go out is a Monday. Mm. So the, the, what happens then is you've got a lot of competition. But okay. also what happens when it's a really popular day is that maybe is the day most people log in to look at what's new on a Monday because they're used to lots of episodes coming out on a Monday. So I tried different days of the week when I was publishing my podcast to see what worked. And, and there's a balance. And I think you've taken the right approach, which is to listen to your listeners mm. and to, to interpret the feeling around the community that listens to your podcast, because every podcast has got its own community. And so that community will respond differently. Yeah. Um, and you did exactly the right thing. Your community was saying to you, this is the context in which I want to hear this podcast. So you've put your podcast into that context. That's the right thing to do. I find that most Sunday mornings, if I'm up with the children, it's half six seven if I look at the stats so it's Mm. gone live at midnight so it's been up and available for six or seven hours and it's normally had about 70 or 80 listens already which I'm always amazed by because obviously but obviously I'm based in the UK but it's real international audience so there are people who are listening while I'm sleeping and it's really nice to wake up knowing that the episode's just gone out and knowing that people have automatically, you know, straight away listened to it and have started to give me feedback. I love that. I love knowing yeah. that I'm starting the day knowing that people are listening. And then throughout Sunday, I'll get various messages from people saying I'm cooking the dinner or whatever they're doing. And I love that because to know that I'm in the earbuds of internal communicators as they're finishing off their weekend and maybe planning for the week ahead and I'm there to support them and giving them advice and guidance is something I'm really proud of because it feels like there's a the Sunday is a good a good day to help set them up for success hopefully for for the week ahead yeah absolutely and and as important as that is it's equally important to remember that somebody could listen to your podcast episode at any time and in any place. And that's the great thing about it. So you found a sort of sweet spot for for publishing, but also each of your episodes could be the first episode that somebody listens to Mm. and they'd still recognise it was you and they'd still get a sense of what that podcast is there for. And that's the important thing not to forget as well. So it's easy to kind of think because you're in it, you see it as a continuous 
piece of work in a way that you're halfway through but mm-hmm. to a listener each episode could be their first experience of that so it's it's capturing both of those things it's that continuity and that familiarity but also that sense of welcome to the podcast if this is your first episode <laughs> so yeah it's, it's true isn't it's, it i think I, I think and we do find that with, i get mm. feedback from people where they might have listened to episode 12 as their first episode and then they'll message me to say oh my goodness i've just discovered your podcast mm. and because they're evergreen so they don't date you can listen to it at any time and that's very intentional from our perspective that I want it to be useful and continuously useful. So when there's an episode on how to communicate your company's values, if you're not in that headspace right now, but in six months time you are, there's an episode waiting for you. So that's a very intentional focus for me not to do content that will date, but exactly. that will be continuously useful whether you're listening to it the day it's released or six months or two years after it's published. I'm really keen to carry on doing that and and having it's good to have topics I think it's good to draw on things which are so hybrid working for example felt like a real it's now is the time to talk about hybrid working so that's why I recorded that episode at the period of time that I recorded it because I know from conversations with comms friends and clients that that is what we're all working on right now. Uh, totally right. And and as I remember, we shuffled the episode order around to accommodate that, right? And that's mm. the great thing about having a, a regular publishing pulse is that you may have content in the can, like we said, mm-hmm. which is great. But then there may be a time when it's important that you wiggle that around to a different date because actually this is really important right now and we really need to address this right now because it's the conversation that people have got to have themselves in real time. And that that's ideal. I think it's great to be in that position where we've got that flexibility you mm. know, to, to pull content, wiggle it around and address what people's real needs are there and then. Yeah. How do you get a sense of that, Rachel? Because I think you're you're really adept at picking up on what's happening in, in the internal communications world and, and then feeding that content back out. How do you get a sense of that? Is that through feedback? I'm always talking about internal comms, but more importantly, I'm always listening to my clients and comms friends. And you know, I've been blogging about internal communication for 12 years and I use the search terms on my blog quite regularly to, I, I look at how have people got to the all things I see blog and what are they searching for? And it helps me identify content gaps. So unfortunately, people were searching a while back, were searching about employee deaths. And I there was like yeah. one line that I'd written on my blog about communicating, you know, if employees die. Yeah. And obviously during a pandemic, unfortunately, this has been a reality for lots of communicators where they've had to communicate really devastating news internally. So that led to me writing a blog post on how to communicate the death of an employee because mm. I was able to see and use analytics to, to identify the gaps in terms of what are internal communicators looking for, what are they, what do they need help with, and how can I help bridge that gap in their knowledge by providing content. And I do the same for the podcast. So I, I'm looking at what conversations am I having with clients and comms friends and my inner circle particularly, which is my membership for senior level comms directors and heads of internal comms. Mm. And when you're at that sort of level, you can't often be seen to ask for help and admit that you don't know things or have an opportunity to connect with other people, which is why the inner circle exists. So I use all of those conversations to inform my planning in terms of what is top of mind right now and where are the gaps and how can I help? Now that's brilliant and that really comes through. And I think you do a great job of selecting really good content and really good topic areas. And yeah, you. that's such a, such a strength. 
We're going to take a short break and when we come back, Debbie and I are going to close out episode 16 and the final episode of season one. See you in a moment. Comms friends, I have a special offer for you. Because you are a listener of the Candid Comms podcast, you can save 10% off my range of online masterclasses. There's a variety of options to choose from. If you are brand new into an internal comms role, then my How to Create a 90-Day Plan is the course for you. If you're just starting out, then How to Be an Internal Communicator or an Introduction to Internal Communication Channels is the course you need. If you're working in-house and thinking about becoming a comms consultant, then How to Be a Comms Consultant Exploration is your online masterclass. And if, like many internal communicators, when I'm recording this in May 2021, are focused on hybrid working and communicating plans for your organisation, then the Internal Communicators Guide to Hybrid Working is the course you need. All of these courses can be found at allthingsic.thinkific.com. And don't forget to use the code CANDIDCOMS at the checkout to save 10%. Welcome back. This is the final part of the final episode of season one. And I got to say welcome back. (laughs) You did. I really want to ask you, Rachel, about accessibility, because Mm -hmm. I know that's something that's really important to you. And it's something that we both work on when we produce all of your content. So tell me how accessibility fits with podcasting being a pure audio channel for you. It's something that's really important to me particularly I have a hearing loss I have 70% hearing loss and I wear a hearing aid so audio for me has always been a medium that I've struggled with Mm. because of the accessibility I enjoy podcasts because I can pause rewind any bits that I miss and thinking about my own podcast thinking about candid comms it's been important to me to publish transcripts so I'm really mindful of that. If other people struggle with audio as a means of communication, then I'm, I'm conscious of how do I make it accessible for them. So that manifests itself through publishing transcripts, but also the video clips that we do with the words on them. So the short one minute clips that we share on Instagram and Twitter around each episode. It's a work in progress for me. I'm constantly learning about accessibility and There are mediums like Clubhouse, which are new Mm. and just launched. And I really struggle with that because I can't hear it. Mm. And I I miss so much of the audio. And because unlike a podcast, I can't pause it. I can't rewind it and I can't catch up. Clubhouse doesn't feel like the right method for me. But podcasting, if you put the effort into making it accessible, should be available to everybody. And I am really conscious of that. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And I know lots of people ask, what what would be the point of making a transcript of a podcast if it's meant to be audio? There's Mm. so many benefits. And it's not just accessibility. It's, you know, enabling people to take pieces out of your content and enabling you to put that content onto your website and all of the help that that gives you as well. Mm. But that accessibility thing is so important. We talked about that, didn't we, about transcript? Because I was unsure at the start what to publish with a with a mm. podcast because show notes for me have always been about you know when I listen I listen to a lot of podcasts and whenever I go to show notes I expect it to link to a piece of research that someone's referenced in their episode 
I don't necessarily expect there to be a transcript. If there is, and I'm in the show notes because I've missed something, you know, I haven't heard something correctly or I want to replay it, that's really helpful for mm. me because I can actually see the content. But you and I had that conversation as well and I was saying, and I've been iterating as I've been going along, the last few episodes, particularly of this season one, I've published four transcripts. And I remember the last one was like 4,000 words long. It's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like a mini, a mini book in its own right. And I remember us talking about that and me saying, should I make it shorter? Should I do timestamps? And we were discussing that actually, if it is a tricky subject, you might want to read a lot about it. And also from a search engine optimization SEO perspective. Yes. It's a good thing to do. Yeah. So it's not just sharing keywords, then it's key phrases and it's having those phrases in different contexts that other people bring to your podcast in their in their interviews particularly. So that's really mm -hmm. helpful. I also think about if you publish a transcript, why would someone listen to the podcast? But for me, I'm just keen to share that information and, and it's up to internal communicators to decide how they want to access that content. It might be that audio doesn't feel like the right medium for them. At least if the content's there as a transcript, they still benefit from all the advice and guidance that I'm sharing through my podcast, but their communication style and their preference is to have it written. So hopefully it feels like it's working and I can see from the stats that people are accessing the content and reading the transcript. So it feels like this is the right thing to do, so I'm going to keep I'll keep on doing it. Yeah, that's great. And I, I think you have to find out what's right for you, for your audience, for what mm -hmm. you're trying to achieve. So it will vary from podcaster to podcaster how important that is to them. But yeah, I think it, I think it's right in your case that that's there. Brilliant. At this moment, where we've just got to the end of season one, and we're already planning season two, which we're really excited about. What are your overall aims for the future of the podcast? If I think about why I created. Candid comms and why I launched it, it was to be able to reach internal communicators wherever they are in the globe and to have the opportunity to help them make decisions and make the right choices for their organisations wherever they are. And one of the things I'm really proud of is that it's definitely achieved those aims because I can see from the stats that we have a truly global audience and I'm really proud of that to know that I'm in the earbuds of comms pros all around the globe. So for season two, I would love to hear their voices. So you and I know because we're, we're planning at the moment, but some of my guests for season two, it's important to me to amplify the voices of internal communicators, not just here in, in the UK, but around the globe. So part of my planning for season two is enabling that to happen. So success for me to get to the end of season two would be to have heard from internal communicators who've got fantastic stories to share and great tips and advice to help other internal communicators. Yeah, amazing. I can't wait for that to happen. And I think I remember saying at the beginning, one of the lovely things, most rewarding things is seeing those countries light up when you get listeners in different countries. It's super, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. We talked about doing cocktails, didn't we? We talked about That's right. yeah. <laughs> having a map and being able to have a cocktail from each of the origin countries. Exactly. <laughs> we didn't do that, did we? We should have done that. There's time. <laughs> there is time. There is time. But I, am, I am really proud of that because you get different perspectives as well. Yeah. And I think the... What fascinates me is understanding what people are taking away or hearing what people are taking away as a result of listening to the podcast and spotting those global differences and spotting what really resonates with people and the difference of opinion that you get around the world about internal comms. So I'm constantly learning and I'm really open to that and hearing views from listeners about what's resonating and what they're going to try out 
in their own place of work, wherever they may be listening from. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? And it really is. rewarding. Well, finally, the million dollar question. As an experienced and successful podcaster, I'd like to know what you would tell somebody else who's thinking about podcasting. One thing they need to know, one thing they can do, and one thing they ought to think about. I see what you did there. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. So you... something I think you need to know if you're thinking about creating a podcast is what's the intention behind it? So what's the problem that you're trying to solve or how does it fit into other work you may be doing mm. so for me you know how it fits in with my blog and with with my master classes and client work so be really clear about what's the gap what's the problem that you're trying to solve something to do is to do your research so who else is doing something in the space and also there's two bits for me in that two things to do do your research who else is doing what but also what do you need kit wise so I remember having conversations with you around, I've still got my microphones, my Blue Yeti microphone and my Snowball microphones from my original podcast all those years ago. What else do you need? So I think that's something that's really important because you don't need a lot of equipment. As we're recording right now, I've got a pop shield, which is £7 on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And I've got a device that plugs the microphone into my phone. I'm recording on voice memos. You don't need to have a heck of a lot of equipment so that's something to do is do your research around the kit that you need and it's probably less than you actually realize and then something to think about is measuring success so if you don't want to have and I'm going to use the lovely phrase pod fade if you don't want to have pod fade then what does your measure of success look like how do you know if this is worth continuing to do so I think that's something to think about up front and you were really great in challenging me up front in terms of you know what does success look like and what do you want to be thinking about. Giving the space and time to collect your thoughts before launching into a podcast, I think, is the right thing to do. Because if you're not sure, and I say this when people are thinking about starting a blog, if you're not sure whether that particular topic is the right thing to blog about, write 10 headlines yeah, and then write 10 more and then write 10 more. And if you think, and I say this as a blogger who's been writing for 12 years on internal comms if you can't think of a new topic to write about within that niche then that's not the right topic for you yeah so I think being really intentional around the topics that you want to record if you think actually I'm going to run out of ideas then that's probably not the right medium for you oh, that's, that's brilliant advice yeah I think that's brilliant advice awesome well thank you very much I thought that, that was super a really good summary of, of really critical things I love the, your emphasis on how intentional you've been about all those things through making the podcast and I think that's what's made it such a success um, so yeah congratulations again it's been brilliant thank you very much I'm looking forward to season two so thank you so much to you for all of your hard work and for correcting all of my missteps and cutting out all the police sirens when I record in central London. <laughs> Which Those is... are my favourite bits. <laughs> I think you have so many clips of me going, sorry Debbie, sorry yeah. Debbie. <laughs> yeah, and the sound of you writing notes in the middle. Those are my favourite bits. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. So I'm going to close our episode by saying thank you to you listeners for tuning in in season one. It's been a total joy to hear what you're doing differently as a result of listening to Candid Comms. I will be back. We will take a very short break and then season two will be back in your earbuds. In the meantime, do listen back to, if you've missed any episodes of season one. If you have any ideas for topics you would like me to cover in season two, please do get in touch. 
As ever, you can find me on Twitter at allthingsic, find me on Instagram, rachelallthingsic, look me up on LinkedIn, Rachel Miller, or you can send me a message via allthingsic.com and you can find show notes for this episode at allthingsic.com forward slash podcast. And for the final time this season, listeners, remember what happens inside is reflected outside. See you again soon.